0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. More than ever in this time, it's important that the church gathers and that we uh, come together in unity. And uh, so it's so exciting to, to talk about uh, something very simple tonight, but it's... There's a little word called boldness. It's sort of the the thing that sort of really stood out about the first church uh, in the midst of great persecution, of great challenges. Uh, they had a boldness. I want to start actually with a story. Uh, I can't remember the year, but I think it was 2004. We up went up into Angola, in the northern parts of Angola. And so I remember in all these little... Um, Areas there were like uh, police and army roadblocks because there was a great fighting between the rural areas and the, uh Savimbi and the the, the people in the cities. So there was um, quite a lot of tension, and we had to get to a specific destination. And I remember this one evening we came around about 10:30 p.m., came over this little hill, and at the bottom there was another roadblock, and these were quite a lot of angry police people and asking us what were we doing there and eventually we got out they made us all get out of the bus uh, we were about 16 people and sort of like told us we're not allowed there we need to get back into the bus go out of the area if they see us again they will shoot us and all that type of stuff lots of threats and we said no we're christians all that stuff but there was just this especially these two guys that were really tense and so um so we got back into the bus. I said to the guys, Okay, let's let's drive out out of just and go and park on the other side of the hill and pray and ask the Lord what to do. Because if you don't know what to do, a great thing is just pray. Even if it's just help Lord, help, that's the most powerful prayer ever. And uh so we went back over the hill and then we decided we're gonna pray for an hour and then just pray. And we prayed for an hour, and at the end of the prayer, four people in the team said, no, we must go back to this roadblock. Uh, so that was quite a bold thing to do, but I thought like, "Wow, well, okay, if I sit in front, they'll probably shoot me first. And um, <clears throat> so here we went back, and now we're driving back to the same place that the people just told us they're going to shoot us. So with the same bus, with the same people in, uh, we get there, and these two angry guys come out again with their machine guns, and they stand right in front, and so... So I decided, okay, let me, the one who got the word was the most tense and passionate about the word. I said, you come with me. Uh, so when they shoot me, they shoot you as well. Hallelujah. But in any case, so here we go. And we walked out. We were standing in front of this guy and this same guy that was just swearing at us, look at us and he stares and says, like, do I know you from somewhere? Um, where are you guys from? And now he begins this conversation as if, He's never met us before, but he just knows us from somewhere, you know. And so he said, now we're passing through same stories, same stuff. And the guy says, welcome. Do you have some Bibles for us, you know? And eventually, long story short, we get through this roadblock. We drive into Lubongo and some other areas in, in Angola. And I realized like exactly the same people, but they just completely, an hour of prayer, changed their whole hearts. I don't know what happened, but they couldn't recognize us anymore. And I thought like, wow, that was quite a bold thing. Uh, but you know, when <clears throat> when God tells you to do something, He will change people's hearts. He will change a nation's heart. Would you agree? And so I want to read Acts chapter 4 because these... Um, disciples just saw great healings, and there were lots of stuff, but there was a massive uproar. I think sometimes we read the scriptures, and then we think like, oh, it was just nice. It was so nice around Jesus, but you're either going to love Jesus, or you're going to hate Jesus. You're either going to really love his people, or you're going to hate them, because if you really represent Jesus well, it's like uh, spotlights that are on, you know. If your life and my life is in the fullness of Christ, then conviction will come for people around us. They don't, not always, going to like us. And so um, here in uh, Acts chapter four, verse thirteen. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marvelled, and they realised that these disciples had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with him, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. So so they've got a bit of a massive challenge here. They say like, wow, these guys are not just uneducated, untrained men, these fishermen, but they marveled, you know. They marveled because of this miracle that has happened. So they put them out and they start to talk to each other. In verse 17, But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, (laughs) so here's Peter again, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. Verse 22, For the man was over forty years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, now this is the prayer. So they've just been threatened. It's Everything seems like this is, this is crazy. Uh, the leaders are against them, against the church. And um, this is their prayer. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, you know? Uh, I want to challenge us, what is our prayers like in COVID time or when there's fear or when, there's, when it seems like there's chaos in the nation? Is God God? That's the first question we must ask because this is the basis of their coming to God. Now, remember, there's all these threats. That they're not, they don't come based on the threats. They come and say, Lord, you are God, maker of heaven and earth. And then verse 25, Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, which the Gentiles and the people of Israel will gather together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. So now they they not just say who God is, but they also speak God's word. They say, well, this is what David prophesied. The nations rage in vain (laughs) because God is on his throne. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? When we come to God, sometimes we pray out of our own desperation. But you need to pray the word of God. You need to pray the promises of God. You need to remind God of his promises, not because God forgets, but because you and I forget. Because we sometimes waver in our faith. We, We fall into unbelief. And um, the first question then is, who is God? But the second thing is, what has God said over your life? What has God said over your family? What has God said over our nation? And now verse 29, this is now where they get. Now they begin to ask the Lord. First, they say, Lord, this is who you are. This is what you have said. But God, we've got something specific to pray in the midst of all these threats. Verse 29, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that you take away all the threats and you make us drink pineapple drinks with you and book us into a seven-star hotel so that we can have a beautiful holiday and it is just amazing and swim at the sea and catch some fish and eat caviar. No, 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 no. That's not what they say. They say, look on their streets, and grant to your servants, Lord, one thing that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Wow. You know, Angus always says it takes a a live fish to swim against the current and a dead one to float with it. You know, if the church of Christ, if we're not going to stand for something, the world will tell us what we need to stand for. And others will determine, what your conviction and what your life is saying and what the word of God over your life is saying. And that's why, you know, Ephesians says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but when it talks about the armor that we put on, it says one thing. Once you've put on the armor, there's one thing you need to do. Swing your sword and fight till you sweat till death. No, no, that's not what it says. It says, having done all to stand, let's stand. Isn't it amazing? It doesn't tell you when you put on the armor of God that you must fight, run around, be frantic, be fe- be full of fear. No, no. It just says simply once you've put on the armor, there's a position you have to take in. And that position is in Christ. That position is before God as to who God is, but in also in God's word. What has God said? The same for our nation. The same for uh, places like Kwazulu Natal. What what has God said? What what is what has He got to say? You know, I'm always reminded of him, Stephen Lungu, when his wife died, and the doctor came out, and and this there's these beautiful words when the doctor said, "Mr. Lungu, your wife is dead," and and you know what he said? But, doctor, sorry, God has got the final word. He's got the final say. <laughs> he is faithful. He he speaks His word. I think a lot of people are losing faith and hope and getting discouraged just in our nation. Lots of people think, like, should I be here or not? Yes, you should be here because you're a child of God. In any case, this is not your nation. This is God's nation, and we live in another. We're citizens of heaven. We, in any case, are part of another nation. Our first nation is a heavenly nation, amen? And so it's so important that we align ourselves, and that, that gives you a boldness, to speak what God says, you know there was a guy in the Old Testament, Elijah. Elijah was used powerfully by God, but then one moment he had a weak weakness after the Baal prophets and he killed lots of them and called fire down, so he saw amazing miracles. but then there was a a, a Jezebel coming against him and said, today you're going you 're gonna die, and you know because Elijah was isolated because He forgot the word of God. He didn't know or didn't run to the prophets in the mountains. You know, he ran for his life. And eventually Elijah lost his destiny and his calling because of fear. You know, fear cripples us. And so when we look at boldness, uh, to break it down a little bit, because this is what they were praying. They said, Lord, grant to us that with boldness we can speak your word. Give us as the church boldness in this time, Lord. But Lord, to speak your word, and Lord, with that boldness, you stretch forth your hand, heal, touch, deliver. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is just amazing how God does that. When we understand we're not trying to beg God, that's what he wants to do. It is in his heart to heal our nation, to heal our families. So boldness firstly flows out of a lifestyle of intimacy with Christ. You know, that's what these uh, when this miracle happened. The first things these guys that came to persecute, they they couldn't resist to just say they marveled and they realized, although these guys were untrained and uneducated, they realized one thing. Not that these guys were powerful. No, they realized that they have been with Jesus. <laughs> if you're with Jesus in this time, then do you know what? Jesus is gonna rub off on you. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna begin to reflect him, you know. You're going to begin to say what He says. You're going to begin to pray what He prays. And a lot of people, because we're trying in our own strength many times to be bold, we're not with Christ. We we try to be our own source. But it's when we're with Him, that's when His boldness comes on us. Then He begins to tell us, you know, what He feels and what He says. So intimacy with Christ, it's a lifestyle. That's where boldness comes from. But the second thing... That boldness comes from is a conviction of the word. And that's what they pray. They said, God, you are God of the heaven, but I know what you have spoken. His Rhema, his specific word for you, for your name, for this nation of ours, but also his logos, his written word. We have to stand on the word of God. And it's so important, you know. A lot of people. These days they say, "Oh Lord, I'm praying about where you can give me a job, Lord, where you can open a door for me, where I can go and stay, uh, just just my next breakthrough. Prosper me in my plans." It's as almost like as if we add God to our plans. But again, I want to say what like William Mayer said a couple of weeks ago, and Peter he said the same. You know, he said, "Like well, if you are part of God's plan, you know, don't need to pray for God to bless it. If it's your plans, you must ask God to bless it." But if it's his plan, it is already blessed. (laughs) If we're part of what he's doing, it is so amazing. And that's why we as Christians live out of conviction. We live because we've been persuaded by the word of God. We know what the word of God says. And it's, it's, it's important that we dust off some of those words God has spoken. Maybe when you're 10 years old or maybe when you were 30 years old. What has God spoken and it's important, write them on your wall, write them on your heart, remind them because that vision is for an appointed time. The third thing that boldness flows out of is faith in God. It says there in Hebrews 11 that without faith it is impossible to please God. The only thing that pleases God is not your great worship songs, not how many times you drive around the town and pray over the time, it's only when there's the prayer of faith. When you say, well, this is what God is saying. My circumstances looks completely different or it's not manifesting at the moment. But you know what? If God said it, it's done. I trust Him. I believe, you know. It's just like when we were driving up to that roadblock and everything, my whole flesh, everything in my thoughts, everything was just saying, this is not going to work, you know. (laughs) What on earth? Here we go to the same people. What are the chances they're not going to shoot us? And they completely didn't remember in an hour's time because, you know, God can turn somebody's heart around, you know, but that's faith. Faith is impossible in the natural. Faith is believing the God of the impossible. And then the fourth thing that boldness comes out of is a lifestyle of obedience to please him. You know, there's a lot of fundamental people doing fanatical stuff and blowing themselves up and stuff for. But most of those motivations are out of fear. Some people are running around and they anti this and for this and against that. But we as Christians don't do stuff out of fear. We do stuff out of obedience because we realize like, wow, our greatest reward is to please him. Our greatest desire is to please him. And to be obedient people of God, wow. When God says, well done, my faithful servant. Not, well, what have you done? No, well done, my faithful servant. You know, obedience in serving, obedient in being obedient in studying sometimes, you know. Not just the super spiritual stuff, but in the basic lifestyle of following him. God loves faith. God is attracted, he's drawn to obedient people. That want to please him. That want to say, hey God, I'm going to do it despite what people say. Another thing of boldness is the motivation of boldness is always because of love. We love God and we love people. We never come down because people are projects or we never this or that. We love people. We, The Bible goes so far that it says, bless your enemies. I, w- I want you to think quickly two people that you don't like or that really irritate you the most hopefully one of them is not sitting in the car with you okay (laughs) but you know um, but if you think of these two people that if you can really wish now you have to be honest a little bit if you can wish like i don't really want to see this person again it's just just it will just make my life so much more easier yeah i want you to think of them and then i want you to bless them That is the challenge of Christianity, blessing the looters, blessing Jacob Zuma, blessing people that may have done great harm. Because in blessing them, we allow not God's judgment, but God's mercy to come upon them. Lord, instead of judging people, Lord, extend mercy on them. We have the power to release God's mercy over a town, over a nation, because we are there, because we are a Christian remnant in this nation. And I've got a lot of hope for this nation because, you know, when we were there in Natal, was it last week, and um, there were some guys coming out with guns, wanting to fight. Some guys really like they were going for it. But then it was amazing, everywhere the Christians just came out and prayed, in all the corners, all the places, just prayed, said, Lord, we... We want to live in that space. So our motivation is love. Our evidence of boldness is miracles. It's the only thing we as true Christians claim that every other religion does not claim. We claim miracles. The beginning of our faith is Jesus born of a virgin. <laughs> the end or start, starting of a, the release of our freedom is Jesus resurrecting from the dead. It is crazy in the natural, but it's a miracle. We believe in miracles. <laughs> if your gospel, the gospel that you and I preach, is does not uh, being uh, accompanied by miracles, then it's not the right gospel. In Ma- Mark chapter 16, it says, like these accompanying signs, when they preach the word, the Lord confirmed the word with the accompanying signs. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Not because we're running after miracles, but because Jesus heals. When Jesus is there, he heals. When Jesus is there, he delivers. I remember being with Angus in, in Porch on the campus there. We were praying before the time and there was like a lot of things coming against us. Eventually in a day's time, we had to move the venue and stuff and to just outside of campus. And, and we realized like even when the opposition is the greatest, that's when God is about to move. But he's just waiting for his for his children to, to pray that into being. So he said, okay, Lord, we've, everything that has gone wrong can go wrong. But we stand by faith, Lord, that you're going to turn many lives. Now, remember in the third praise song, suddenly as before any, like, I think there was just a welcome happened. Okay, in the praise song, as we were standing, we heard this commotion right at the back of this hall. There were about three, 4,000 students just in and outside of this hall. And, um, and so we thought, like, wow, this is quite rude. <laughs> students are making such noise. You know, sometimes they, like, hug each other and all that stuff. But this was quite noisy. And at the end of that song, there was a lady coming to the front, and she was standing there with another older lady. They were probably, like, 65, 70 years old. And she walked up the stairs, and she said, well, do you know what? My wheelchair is at the back. Um, I came here three years Ago, I was disabled, I had a, a stroke, and just in the worship, nobody prayed for me, God just healed me. I stood up, I saw Jesus in the worship, I stood up, and I came to the front, just to tell you what just happened, you know. So I, I just love it, when people see Jesus, they'll get healed. When they see him, they'll get delivered. <laughs> they, will, they will be free, because that is what Jesus is. He is a miracle worker. But that also means that if we want the power of God and if we want to move in that boldness, we need a lifestyle of no compromise. We cannot compromise. You can't say like, hey, I want, I want that of God. I want the blessings of God, but I don't want to live the lifestyle or live by the rules of God, by the things God has set out. So let's not compromise in this time. Let's not go into the flesh, but let's ask God for that boldness. And we're going to pray that prayer now, now. The last thing or point I want to make is the Bible says when this building was shaken and they were assembled together, it wasn't one by one, when they were assembled together, the place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source of that boldness. And and so I want to, I want to encourage us but challenge us tonight, you know, because I've, I've seen that with so many Christians, they've lost their Passion. It's almost like people are trying in the natural to psych themselves up, trying to pray and trying, but it's not going to happen in the natural. It's only going to happen when you and I start to surrender. We say, Lord, even if I feel in a bit of a corner, stretch forth your hand, start to heal, start to deliver, Lord. And the Holy Spirit is the key, is the source to our boldness, is the source to our abundant life. That's what Jesus said in John 7. He says, When the Holy Spirit has come, you know, it's gonna be like a fountain that springs up into everlasting life. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, It's gonna be like power, dunamus power. And that's that's the life of the Christian. And so I want to encourage us, but challenge us. Are you bold for Jesus? Are you I'm not meaning by that stand on the street corner. And, uh, and shout at everybody that comes by. We sometimes think that's boldness. No, just bold to stand and to start to pray. Are you praying bold praise? Are you asking God for this nation? Or are you thinking like, oh, Lord, just save me. Please try and protect me. You know? <clears throat> no, this is the time for the church to be strong and to be courageous. You know, like Joshua, when he went into the promised land, there were massive giants. But Joshua and Caleb did not lose focus as to who God was. You know, the other spies, they saw, they said, we like grasshoppers in their eyes. But Joshua and Caleb saw a land flowing with milk and honey. They said, Lord, if this is your promised land, that's the best place we can be. That's the place where you're going to provide. And we know that many died in the wilderness because they were fearful. They, they just went around in a circle. But when Caleb came back, he was 80 years old. He said, I'm stronger now than when I was the first time when I got to this place. 40 years and he did not lose focus of what God said about that promised land. While many of his friends died in fear, many of them just like didn't want to go. But Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. And um, that's such a picture of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't make it just on our own. We can't just like try to psych ourselves up and say, hey, be fundamental for Jesus. Just go wild for Jesus. No, but when you surrender and you pray the prayer, what they prayed, So I'm going to give you a minute before we're going to go on. But I want you to look at that verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats. Lord, look on the condition of of South Africa and grant to us as your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Such a beautiful picture of God coming to strengthen His church. But that's only when we pray the right prayers. Only when we don't pray out of fear, but because we are realizing what's happening around us. But we say, God, You are God, maker of the heaven and the earth. Thank you for listening.